the simplest form of democracy is the rule of the majority. This sounds wise, fair and just, but in fact it's none of these things. It's not wise because taking votes all the time is a very clumsy way of decision-making. And the detailed working out of good and appropriate legislation is best done by people set aside for the task. It's not fair because, as Benjamin Franklin put it, this kind of democracy is two wolves and a sheep voting on what's for dinner. The wolves get what they want and the sacrifice of the sheep elicits no sympathy from anybody. That's not a good system of government. And it's not just, because it's so easily manipulated. Populist politicians will simply offer democratic majorities some simple emotive policies to gain their support and insert into the small print a deeper agenda, assuming often rightly that not a lot of people will notice. Which is why some of the most oppressive nations in the world today are technically democracies. The MP Sir Robert Grant was governor of Bombay and died in India in 1838. His hymn, O Worship the King, portrays government as perfectly in step with the providence of God, whom, God, whom Grant depicts as pavilioned in splendour, yet also our redeemer and our friend.
another kind of democracy is also problematic, but rather more widespread. It's the kind that regards democracy and capitalism as synonyms, promotes untrammeled freedom to trade, and if you're a multinational conglomerate, almost complete license to operate without any significant government regulation. The wealthy person's freedom from constraint is the poor person's vulnerability to be dominated. During the Cold War, the nations regarded as allies of the West were by no means all healthy democracies, but what they had in common was permission for the free movement of capital, and thus a culture in which often unscrupulous Western interests could continue to flourish. Basil Harwood was organist of Christchurch Cathedral in Oxford when, in 1898, he composed Oh How Glorious Is the Kingdom, comparing government today with the reign of the saints described in the Book of Revelation.
Democracy at its truest means a series of practices by which citizens find and exercise power in ways that liberate themselves and others while dominating no one. The most significant of these practices is the formation, administration and appropriate enforcement of just laws. Laws that ensure no one is subject to arbitrary domination and that everyone has liberty to flourish in body, mind and spirit. But laws, while vital, are only the beginning. To make the most of their opportunities, citizens need to organise themselves into associations with their own rules, roles, processes and expectations. It's these associations that give citizens real power, power that as individuals they could never access. A church is one such association. The way Christians participate in the life of their church is probably more significant for true democracy than the way they vote. Everything Christians do together is modelling and training them, training them for the renewal of their entire society to become a true democracy. Isaac Watts's setting of Psalm 72 recalls Augustine's words in his City of God, that where there is no right worship, there cannot be true justice. Jesus shall reign.